0: be born. So the first point I want to say is that God when it comes to his word and how he brings his word to us, it's a sovereign act. And this is one of the reasons why you will notice this. That whatever you're going through in life, at times you will come to church and then the preacher will be preaching and seem to focus on you and speak to you about something that speaks directly into your life. Because God rules over the affairs of of men. Can you say amen, somebody? In fact, David said it like this in First Chronicles 29 11 and 12. He says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head. Overall. Beloved, I want to encourage you that God is head over all. Whatever circumstance, whatever situation, whatever challenge that you are facing, God sees it all. He is the supreme ruler who can command on your behalf. If you believe, it, say amen. And in verse 12, David said, Both riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. And in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And that's why, beloved, you must learn to be patient when it comes to how God deals with you. Sometimes when God is dealing with us, it looks as if everything is going against us. But learn to hold on to God, because he is in control. I said God is in control. Not that devil, not your circumstance, God is in control. Not the government, not the EU. God is in control. Hallelujah. Second point I want to point out is, verse, uh, is in verse 27, is this, is that God's word comes to us because of his eternal purpose. It says in verse 27 that the, uh, Gabriel was sent to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, why, why this particular person? Now, first of all, when this prophecy first came, it was by Isaiah the prophet 800 years previous. And when Isaiah prophesied this, that there was going to be a virgin who's going to conceive, probably in those days, most of the women who were virgins thought, maybe I might be it. And so the prophet has prophesied, and a lot of virgins were around at that time, and it did not happen. It did not happen in Isaiah's day. So probably they thought, oh, maybe he didn't get it right. You know, he prophesied the virgin and no, nothing happened. 800 years later, God now sees it fit to fulfill this word because of his purpose. Here's the point. When it comes to God's purpose for our lives, there is nothing that can stop it. When it comes to what God wants to do, and what God has declared concerning his kingdom, concerning his purpose, there is nothing that can stop it. As far as God is concerned, Isaiah says this in Isaiah 14:27, for the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? Who can stop it from happening? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? This is why it is important for you as a child of God, To discover what God says about you. To discover what God says about you. Not what maybe some people think about you. Not even what you think about yourself. But Lord, what does your word say about me? Because when God purposes something concerning your life, nobody can turn it back. The only one I reckon who can turn it back is yourself. That's the only one who can turn it back. When it comes to what God wants to do for you, what he has purposed. No one can stop it. There is no witchcraft. There is no power. There is no imagination or scheme of people that can stop what God wants to do concerning the life of his people. As long as his people learn to align themselves with his word concerning their lives. Third point is this. When God is dealing with us, he recognizes our personal devotion to his purposes. He recognizes it. In verse 28, look at what Gabriel says to Mary. He said, and having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, do you think that that word of God happened to Mary if she had been sleeping around? <laughs> Before Gabriel came. If she, had kept, if she had not kept herself pure. You know, I know there are those who who claim the Immaculate Conception. In terms of um, Mary, it, it didn't happen. She was just a normal young lady like everybody else. But she kept herself pure. She kept herself pure. Mary kept herself pure. She was a godly young lady. She learned how to maintain purity. You know, one day, a prophet went to Eli who was the judge at the time of some, when Samuel was um, a little child, and said this to Eli. He said, you are honoring your sons above me. And because of that, God was really angry with Eli. And in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, this is what the prophet said to Eli. He says, therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now, the Lord says, Far be from me, for those who honor me, listen carefully, for those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. You see, God, when he's dealing with you concerning his will and purposes, also looks at how you are responding, what you are doing. And when he looked at Mary, he saw somebody who had learned to keep herself. So his favor could rest upon her. And beloved, because of Christ, all of us positionally are favored by God. But for us to experience that favor, we also have to do something. I said we also have to do something. So he says to Samuel, those who honor me, I will honor. This Christmas day, I want to encourage you to honor the Lord. Honor him in the small and honor him in the big. You know, this morning as I was getting ready to come out, my neighbor who I've been praying for for a, a long time and I've never had the opportunity to witness to him, asked me, he said, well, he said Merry Christmas to each other. And then he asked me, um, so you're off somewhere? And I thought, great, now I've got my opportunity to sow another seed. I said, yes, I'm going to church. But I noticed that before I said I am going to church, there was a slight reticence in me just to say, yeah, I'm just going to be with but you, have been, you must be joking. That ain't going to happen. I, I saw my window, my small window. Yes, I am going to church. And I'm going to build on that in Jesus' name. I'm going to be praying that the Lord will use the word church, 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 just to bombard his mind. Church, 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 Until he asks me, so what happens when you go to church? And then there will be another level. Until, until eventually I drag him in the, Jesus' name to our Medway church. Um, not drag him literally but by faith and he gets born again hallelujah but my point I'm making is this look for opportunities to honor the Lord look for opportunities he says those who honor me I will honor and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed in other words they can never enter into what's already theirs Eli was promised that your whole ancestry will have a priesthood forever but by virtue of what he did, he disqualified himself from what God had ordained for him. I pray it will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Fourth point I want you to notice in these verses is this that often we do not recognize what God is saying to us. In verse 29, he said, When she saw him and she she was troubled by his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. At times when God is dealing with us, we don't even recognize what God is saying and may completely misunderstand what we are hearing from him. So, I don't know about you, but if I heard someone say, Joseph, highly favored one, you are blessed amongst all people. I don't think I'd be confused. I would really feel good. I am favored, yes. I'm blessed, I'm I'm the best man going, yes. But Mary, because of her humility, she considered, this is a bit strange. And sometimes when God is speaking to you about who you are and about what he has ordained for your life, it can confuse you because when you look at yourself, you don't qualify. But when God looks at you, he sees his purpose. When he looks at you, he sees his counsel. He sees what he has ordained from the foundations of the world. May you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation concerning your life. This has been one of the most challenging years I have ever seen for people, not so much personally, but for God's people, generally speaking. And I've been around for a few years. But this particular year, 2018, has been a very challenging year across the board, speaking to pastors, speaking to different leaders, both in CLF and um, other ministries and so forth. And I believe that it's just, I'm I'm sorry to put it like this, I'm really sorry, but I believe it's just going to get even more intense As time goes on, because of the days we're living in. But what is happening is that as we are getting tested, we are being also trusted with more. Because God tests you in order to trust you. That's how it works. And so as God is dealing with us, it's like he's wanting us to mature, to put aside the things that are holding us back. So that what comes to the world cannot come to us or rather how the world will respond, we don't have to respond that way. So sometimes when God is dealing with you, and he's speaking to you, you may hear something, or you may feel something. Sometimes God speaks to you through your circumstances. Sometimes God speaks to you through a preacher like this. Sometimes God speaks to you as you're reading the scriptures. Sometimes God speaks to you through a word or whatever. But the key is learning to discern the mind of God. Discern what God is saying to me. And one of the ways I have, I, I, and I tell people this, one of the ways I have learned is to discern through my circumstances. When I find, for instance, I keep getting the, a reoccurring thing that happens, especially the negative things. Because I'm a child of God, I am blessed and I'm highly favored. Um, and even though I'm not a member of KICC, I am blessed and I'm highly favored. Right? And so when, when I notice, when I notice um, certain things, negative things are happening, As a cycle, you know, I command, live in Jesus' name. I expect it to happen. When it doesn't happen once, twice, I say, whoa, whoa, hold on. I ask myself, what is going on? Then I begin to ask the Holy Spirit, what is going on? Is there something going on in my life? And often there is some little something I've allowed. You know, some little something I've allowed. Do you know what I'm talking about? Some little something, the way you're looking at me. You know, some little something that you shouldn't allow in your life. You have allowed. Are, are Are you listening? Yeah, something negative, not a holy something you allowed. No, something negative. And so, but at times, I'm not aware of it until I pause and I ask the question, why is this happening? Because I know what the word says, I know what my rights are, I know what I should be walking in, so why is it not happening? Is there something? Sometimes I might discern it's an attack, which is great, because you can deal with attacks easy. That's why tax is cool. It's part of it. But it's when I have allowed, when I open the door to Mr. Devil, I say, Mr. Devil, come in please, come into my family, have some fun, enjoy. That's when we have a problem. Enjoy my wife, enjoy my children, enjoy my family. That's when we have a problem. You might be shaking your head, but sometimes that's what some of us do. Because we don't recognize what God is saying to us. Even the prophet Samuel, when God began to speak to him, in First Samuel chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says that he did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Fifth point, God will always seek to reassure us when he begins to deal with us. Now look at verse 30. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. One of the things about God is this. The minute you decide you want to respond properly to whatever he's saying to you, regardless of where you are at, regardless of how you have messed up, the minute you decide you want to respond correctly, he begins to reassure you. He begins to reassure you. You know, there was a king in the Bible days called Ahab. He was a very wicked king. He also had a very bad wife. Not only was he wicked, his wife was even worse. His wife was called Jezebel. Jezebel. I could say some things about her. But anyway, it's not about Jezebel. So the point is, is that one day God sent the prophet Elijah to give Ahab a word. And he said to Ahab, this was going to happen to you and your wife and your descendants are going to be cut off and all this is going to happen to you. When Ahab heard this, the Bible says, Ahab put on sackcloth and ashes and began to call upon God and repent. And then God spoke to Elijah and said, do you see what Ahab is doing? You see, the things I said, it won't happen to him anymore. It won't happen to him in his day. It will happen to his descendants, but it won't happen to him. Because Ahab, this wicked king, has humbled himself. Now the Bible says, even after he died, the Bible says there wasn't any king as wicked as that man. Up until that point. Nobody was as wicked as him. But even And he died as a wicked man in the, in, the, in the torments. He never went to heaven. He's not in heaven. He's still, he's still dead now in the cages. But even though he still died wicked at that point when he responded, God responded back. So when you and I and you are nothing like Ahab, can you say amen? And your wife or your husband is not like Jezebel either. Hallelujah. So when you begin to respond to God, wherever you're at, he will begin to reassure you. He will begin to deal with you kindly and gently. That's how God does to those who learn to respond to his word. Fifth point, my time is almost up. I don't think I'm going to go anywhere. These one and a half half hour services, they're very short for a Pentecostal preacher. Let's move on quickly. Sixth point. God's purposes concerning our life will always involve the revelation of Jesus. Always. Not Mohammed, not Buddha, but Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Verse 31. He said, behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Jesus is the final word. So anytime God speaks to us, it will point us to Jesus. I said it will point us to Jesus. It will, re- uh, it will reveal an aspect of Jesus into that context. God's the, he is the final revelation. He is the one upon whom all things are to be built and established. He is the measuring standard that God uses when it comes to his word. He is what the Bible calls or Bible insinuates as the final word. He speaks to us through son, Jesus. 7 point. The revelation of Jesus in our lives is God's greatest achievement in us and through us. Verse 32. He says he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Beloved, it is not you becoming a great preacher, a great accountant, a very rich man. a very, No, all those things even demonized people can achieve. they are very good preachers who are full of demons. Who's preaching... It's very nice to listen to but are energized by devils. I pray I'm not one of them father in Jesus name. Hey the way they responded. I'm not sure whether they agree. I pray oh God. And you can become very wealthy through crooked means. You can you can achieve so much in this world with the wrong intentions. So much. But any time Christ is revealed in you and through you, that is something that will last forever, because that is God's mandate. Romans eight twenty nine says, "For those he foreknew." He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So God's heart is that Christ Jesus is formed in us and that is his greatest achievement. So the the word of God that comes to you is so that God can do what is otherwise impossible to do in the life of a human being. Outside of what God's power can achieve. Christ cannot be formed in any human being. It's not possible. It's the most important pursuit. It's the most important desire. It is the greatest treasure that Christ Jesus, God's son, is formed in us. Amen. Number eight, I'm nearly done. Number eight, the revelation of Jesus in our lives is an eternal legacy. He says in verse 33, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. And in another place, our Lord says in John chapter 6, verse 27, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. You see, beloved, when Christ is being formed in us and when we are revealing Christ and doing things because of Christ, because of the word we have received, whatever we do will last forever. It will never be in vain. Even when you give somebody a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus, that act in the eternal, in the age to come will be rewarded. Wow. Wow. So everything that we do because of the word that we have received that reveals Christ is something that will bless our lives forever, will add to our lives forever. Hallelujah. Because of time, I'm nearly done. Ninth point. Our understanding regarding what God wants to do through us Is often very limited. In verse 34, Mary says to the angel, "How can this be? Since I do not know a man." Now, she's heard the word. She says, "Okay, but how's it going to happen?" It's not a question of doubt. It's a question of faith. She wants to believe. You see, there's another guy that the same angel appeared to, Zachariah, John the Baptist's father, and he asks a similar question: "How can this happen?" Me and my wife, we are old. You know, how can this happen? And the angel said, you know what? Shut up. Because the way you are talking, you could derail this whole project. So he shut uh, Zachariah's mouth and said, you know what? It's going to happen, but you're not going to talk until the child is born. Otherwise, sometimes your words can affect the very thing that God wants to do. God is telling you you are blessed, you are great, you are anointed. And you say, Are you sure I'm not really blessed? Or oh, my husband doesn't think I am. I'm not. And then you start saying things, and then the thing you're saying is derailing the whole thing. So, Zechariah, shut your mouth. Don't talk. Go and read it. Luke chapter 1. He didn't talk until he wrote, His name is John. And then boom. He agreed. And then boom. So here now, Mary wasn't doing that. Mary believed. She believed, but she was like, okay. But how's it going to happen? Sometimes God will speak to you. You know God has spoken. But then you try and act like a magician. And help God in the process. No, 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 no. Be honest. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I know it's going to happen. In fact, I know it's already happened. Because God has said it. I believe it. That settled it. If the Bible says... And Jonah swallowed the whale. If the Bible said it, then Jonah must have had a very big belly. He swallowed the whale. If the Bible says the whale swallowed Jonah, okay, that's easy. But if the Bible said, I believe that, that's easy. But if the Bible, if I had read it in the Bible and it said, and then Jonah stood before the sea, opened his mouth, and swallowed the whale and the ship and everyone in it, because it's in the Bible, as ridiculous as that, I, I will believe it. Are you listening? You see, I don't know how it's going to happen. and I don't know how. Mary said, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how. Listen, at times when God is dealing with you, God doesn't think like you. God doesn't strategize like you online. He doesn't strategize like you. He doesn't need slide rules and computers. Oh, hallelujah. In Isaiah 55, verse 8, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As God told you, you're going to be big, you're going to be great, you're going to achieve great things and stuff like that. Let me tell you, it does not mean you stop praying, you stop reading the Bible, you stop fasting. You do that and you do studying and you do research. Because if God's going to do it, you don't have to compromise on your values to achieve what God has called you to achieve. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways are beyond yours. So learn to hear what he's saying and embrace it. Tenth point. It takes the person and power of the Holy Spirit for God's word concerning our lives to come to pass. In verse 35, Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Oh, hallelujah. You must learn to allow the Holy Spirit to be the one empowering you, leading you, guiding you concerning what God has said to you. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, he says this, Not by might nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Listen, if God has spoken to you, stop using your mind to try and figure it out. Learn to trust in the mighty Holy Spirit. I said learn to trust in who? The mighty Holy Spirit. I believe I'm preaching to somebody today that you will trust in God's Holy Spirit. His mighty power to transform, to change, to make anew. That which has been destroyed. When you learn to look on the Holy Spirit, rely on the Holy Spirit, give liberty to the Holy Spirit. You begin to see the mighty hand of God upon your life. Your marriage might be destroyed. Your health might be over. Your children may be wayward. You have no money. Things are bad. This Christmas season, it may look very bad for you. But the Holy Spirit, he's waiting. What has God said? What has God said to you? What has God said to you? What has God said to you? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Two more and I'm done. 11 point. God will always confirm what he is saying to us through trustworthy witnesses. Verse 36. He says, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. You see, when God is speaking to you, he will also make sure that there are credible witnesses. Sometimes people say they're looking for witnesses, but the witnesses they're looking for are not credible. God, if you love me, let a bus 37 pass. That's not a credible witness. No, no, that's not a credible witness. God, if you want me to marry this person, let it rain tomorrow. No, 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 that's not a credible witness. I mean, sometimes people do things like that. They, they, They say, God told me. You say, how did God? I like to ask people, how did God tell you? See, yesterday, when I woke up, I said to God, God, if you want me to have a new car, then let somebody crash in my old car. And as I was driving my car, and I, was, I happened to be praying and talking to somebody, praying and talking with my prayer partner, and as I was driving the car, and I was turning around, and I was praying in the Spirit, of course, when you're, turning around, when you're praying in the Spirit, you always have to close your eyes. So I was closing my eyes and speaking in tongues. And you will never believe what happened. Even though the Spirit of God was upon me, I, the car crashed, somebody crashed into me. So I now believe, God wants me to have your brand new car, Pastor Joe, because that is what I was praying about. No, credible witnesses. Say to your neighbor, credible witnesses. Yeah. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13:1 that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, all things should be established. Our Lord said the same in Matthew eighteen sixteen. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, all things should be established. Credible witnesses. Hallelujah. And the last but not least, If you want God's word concerning your life to come to pass like Mary, we must believe God's word completely. In verse 36 to 38, in fact, 37 and 38, uh, Gabriel said, For with God nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Look, I'm available. The maidservant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word. And then later on you find in verse 45, Elizabeth says this, blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Whenever you believe, you enter the realm of being blessed. That word blessed means empowered to prosper. That word blessed means highly favored. When you believe what God has said, You are automatically empowered to prosper. Let it be to you according to the word of God. Let us pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. We're going to pray. Father, thank you for your word. This Christmas day, those of you online, let's pray together. This Christmas day, as we are celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus, we thank you for the word of God. That is so powerful. As we have received your word, we thank you that we will prosper in your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. We thank God for that.